This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It is always game day in Cleveland. He is Daryl Ryder. I am Andy Baskin. Thanks for being on board. Uh, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on the Odyssey app, uh, Daryl, a lot to talk about. The Browns still coming off that great win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though a 13-10 game is a win, but I think it's a great win if you ask me. Uh, and uh, Daryl, plenty to talk about as we look forward to the Denver Broncos coming up this weekend after Thanksgiving. So let me start this off by saying happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our viewers and uh, podcast listeners. Hope you all are able to uh, enjoy all the turkey and trimmings you can fit into your stomach and enjoy eating it for the next week. Uh, Daryl, I want to play a little game towards the end of the show, and we probably should have talked about this before we got on the podcast, but uh, a couple things that we're thankful for when it comes to the Browns. We'll do it a little bit later in the podcast. So, all right, let, let's start about news that's going on, and the Broncos will be without one of their players coming up in this game. Yeah, pretty significant loss for them, and it, it, he is a, a repeat offender. Uh, and as we record this uh, podcast, the news just came down right before we uh, were recording it. But um, <clears throat> Derek Brooks, the hearing officer, uh, jointly appointed by the NFL and NFLPA, upheld a four-game suspension for Broncos safety Kareem Jackson. Uh, Jackson uh, had a, this is the second time this season he's been suspended uh, for violating player safety rules, uh, basically using his helmet as a spear. Hmm. Uh, he uh, drilled uh, Josh Dobbs pretty hard Sunday night <clears throat> of the Vikings. And uh, there was no flag on the play, but the league reviews everything anyway. And obviously that particular hit was making its rounds uh, on social media. So it got extra scrutiny and extra attention, but uh, the, he was suspended earlier this year, Andy, for the same exact thing, four games, the hearing officer reduced it to two. 
but he's a repeat offender now and they found just cause for the suspension. So they just said, no, you didn't, you clearly didn't learn your lesson. So now you will serve all four games of it without pay. The reason why we mentioned that Browns are at the Broncos on Sunday and Jackson will not be on the field. And that's a pretty significant loss for that Denver defense. So I guess the question, somebody asked me this question today too. Do you think the Browns offense will open up a little bit more? I, I mean, they threw the ball more than 40 times and I'm still asking the question, will the Browns offense open up a little bit more? And I think more means just throwing the ball downfield more. Well, I, I think it will, but um, you know, it, they went with a very safe game plan. You know what I'm saying? And, and why wouldn't you do that again? I, well, I, I, if it works, why, why, why break it? Yeah. Well, and, and in this case, they, they wanted to make sure that DTR was given a, uh, a, a successful game plan um, so that, you know, his confidence wouldn't get shaken and whatnot. And here's the thing, like, you know, Dorian was like 20, I, I'm looking it up right now. He was 24 of 43 for a buck 65 with an interception. And I've been arguing, Andy, let's say four more of his passes got caught. Okay. So now you're looking at 28 of 43 for close to 200 yards with an interception, right? Or, and maybe even a touchdown because I'm including the, the, the David Njoku drop in the end zone, the ball that went off his hands. Right. So all of a sudden Dorian Thompson's numbers look much more impressive than what uh, they ultimately were. So, I think DTR played perfectly fine in that game. Yes, he didn't stuff the box score. The numbers were not impressive. But when you just, instead of basing it off of the box score, you know, basing your opinion or your whatever, just off of a a, line in the box score, you actually watched the game and uh, judged him on his throws. He did a really, really nice job. He can't throw it and catch it too. Um, that's so his numbers would have been a lot better. I anticipate his numbers are going to be, uh, better against the Denver Broncos. And I do feel like that final drive, right. Four for four before they, you know, before they killed the clock, but you know, he was four for four moved them into field goal range in the blink of an eye. Um, I think, I think he threw for 39 of his yards on that drive. Right. So, um, he did what was required to win that game. And, uh, I, I think that gives him confidence. I think it gives the Browns confidence. I think it gives Kevin Stefanski confidence that this kid's going to be okay. He, he just needs playing time. He's going to make mistakes. You just hope that the mistakes aren't game killers. You know what I'm saying? Um, the interception, by the way, came off a tipped pass. Uh, it wasn't like he misread a play and threw it right into the arms of a Steelers defender. The ball got deflected up in the air, and the Steelers came away with it. And stuff like that is going to happen. So I am not in the camp that feels like DTR played poorly in that Steeler game. Just because his numbers weren't impressive, that doesn't mean he played poorly. I, th- I think that he was a victim of some drops, which cost him. Uh, and, and again, uh, the interception he threw was off a tip ball and stuff like that is going to happen. 
Um, Daryl, what are the odds? Uh, and we, we didn't get into it. I think we got into this a little bit the other show that Joe Flacco, who is now signed with the Browns, any chance he's on the active roster this weekend? Any chance they carry three live? I, I I'll be honest with you, Andy. I don't see the need. Okay. Um, uh, you know, you have PJ or does he Walker. surpass PJ? I, you know, that's the other thing too. Well, I think the goal is we have this conversation, and I'm just guessing. I've not been told this specifically, but just looking at the situation. I think the goal is to have him be the number two quarterback at some point. Um, but it, it, let, let's let the let's understand a few things about the Joe Flacco situation. Number one, th- this guy was on the street on November twentieth. Okay, um, so he is not coming in to start. He is not coming in to take this thing over and carry this team to the promised land. He's coming in to fill a need in depth as well as uh, mentorship slash leadership at the quarterback position. Deshaun Watson uh, underwent successful surgery on Tuesday uh, to repair that broken bone in his uh, right shoulder. Uh, He is going to be away from the team for a few weeks. He is out in Los Angeles. He will begin his rehab starting on Friday. He's not going to be available to come come back to Cleveland for a little bit. So that's where Joe Flacco can kind of help out, right? We've seen mm-hmm. this uh, in New York with Aaron Rodgers, right? They, you know, they refuse to take the Jets off national TV, and uh, I'm going to apologize to everybody on behalf of the National Football League uh, that we are all stuck having to watch that New York Jets team as much as we do. But um, you see Aaron Rodgers constantly. He's got the headset on. He's communicating uh, with uh, the quarterback and things like that. Like I'm anticipating that's going to be the type of role that Joe Flacco is going to have immediately, right? Uh, I anticipate he'll be on the West Coast trip uh, to Denver so he can be there uh, to help out. Um, But ultimately, yeah, I can see him being the number two quarterback. Uh, I'll just say this. If Joe Flacco ends up having to start a football game, right, for the Browns, that means things have gone bad. That means DTR got hurt again, or he's just playing at an unacceptable, untenable level for a team that's trying to nail down a playoff spot. So. they're seven and three right now. They've got some cushion, uh, but my anticipation is that uh, Joe Flacco uh, will not be called upon to start for the Cleveland Browns anytime soon. And there you have it, Daryl, laying down the law about Joe Flacco. So um, well, I, I don't know I about laying see... down the law. It's just well, I, I think, think that's just what the situation. There's got to be a level of expectation <laughs> though for the fans to wonder well, why is Joe Flacco here, right? I don't think yeah. that that's a wrong thing for fans to wonder, and the Browns have a purpose. They know what they, and I'm trying to remember the exact line that Kevin said that Joe will be helpful for this team or something very similar to that. Um, but he didn't, Kevin didn't make any commitment to him ever seeing right. the field, you know, when his press yeah. conference after that was said. So, all right, it is always game day in Cleveland. I want to remind you, we were brought to you by smiley one and Bryant Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling option. Uh, let's come back, Daryl. I want to talk a little bit uh, about some other news of the day things that are going on, some things about Brown Stadium, uh, a survey you may find very, very interesting. It's always game day in Cleveland. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, brought to you by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. All right, so, uh, Daryl, let's get into a couple other things that are going on. Uh, with the Browns, we got some injury updates. We also heard about Deshaun Watson surgery. 
Yeah, so uh, as we mentioned uh, earlier, Deshaun, successful surgery. Rehab will start on Friday. Not sure when he's going to be able to come back to the Browns, but right now he is going to be spending his time out in Los Angeles as expected. Um, safety Rodney McLeod, his season is over. He, will, uh, he was placed on injured reserve officially on Tuesday by the Browns. He, uh, so the season's over. He's going to require bicep surgery. So that's a tough loss there. Anthony Walker. Uh, another uh, difficult situation for the Browns. Uh, good news, not season ending. He's got a hamstring injury. He is uh, week to week, not day to day. He is week to week. So there is a chance, Andy, that he is not going to be available Sunday in Denver. Maybe he'll be available for uh, the game in Los Angeles the following week uh, against the Rams. And remember, uh, the Browns will uh, stay out west after Sunday's game. They are flying from Denver to Los Angeles. They will uh, practice and work out all week at UCLA uh, in preparation for that game against the Rams. They are not flying home. Uh, and I honestly, I kind of feel like that's a real smart decision uh, on Kevin Stefanski's part, whom, by the way, uh, is uh, inching closer to a contract extension with the Browns as this team keeps winning. Bad news for the Stefanski haters. And, um, but yeah, it's, um, uh, you know, all these injuries are, are starting to pile up for the Browns, no question about it. I mean, McLeod's the fifth key piece lost this season. Started with Jakeem Grant uh, in training camp, they lost him. And then in week one, of course, Jack Conklin went down. Week two, Nick Chubb. Uh, went down and was lost for the season. Deshaun Watson is out for the year. And now Rodney McLeod is out for the year. Although when you count the numbers, you're, you know, I think one of the things the Browns have been extremely lucky on is the injury front is on defense. There's no, I mean, that's one of a lot. Don't jinx them. Well, I'm just, I mean, you got to be realistic about one of the reasons the Browns are winning is because the defense has maintained their health. There's just, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's obvious to the eye. I don't think, and I'm not saying it to jinx the team or to put the Browns in a situation where like, oh, well, look what happens now, boom, 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 boom. No, I mean, it's just a reality of the league. Got Players get hurt. We all know it. Look, we're looking at a league or a division in the AFC North that really feels like it only has one starting quarterback because Pittsburgh yeah. is like, you know, okay. And now Cincinnati's out, we're out. Oh. So I, I just think it's the, it's the realistic part. And by the way, the division's still looking at maybe the chance of having four teams, although Cincinnati's in trouble right now. But. I, you know, I have to I have to tell you, um, I'm, I'm shocked that the Steelers finally fired Matt Canada. <laughs> yeah, we didn't bring that up yet. You know who's the happiest people on earth? Every Steeler fan I know. Every you know, Steeler and, fan. And how often does it happen that one uh, against the Browns, they're like, the Browns are the final straw. Now you're fired, right? I mean. Well, we've, we've seen that in recent years, though. Losses to the Browns have forced the Steelers to make uh, minor organizational changes with coordinators and coaches and, and quarterbacks and stuff. So it's interesting. Usually it's the Browns that make the organizational changes after losing to the Steelers. So uh, welcome to the other side, Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's – um. It, 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 that bus ride from Cleveland to Pittsburgh can be bad, but it's really <laughs> bad when it's Pittsburgh to Cleveland. Uh, now the Steelers um, are starting I, to find out how the Browns have been living for the last half, a quarter century. <laughs> I don't, can the Browns make the? I mean, can the Browns be serious about yeah. going far in the playoffs with this defense? That's another question that I hear all the time. I think so. I just there is something about this defense, Daryl. You know, we uh, 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, just I don't know if the I just don't know if the offense is good enough because of the quarterback situation. But I mean that's just the biggest problem right now is they they don't have a quarterback right now. Like I, I hope DTR grows into that spot and plays well down the stretch and, and whatnot. And certainly uh, as I've been saying, it's it's a little bit of a shot in the arm to see him be successful down the stretch. But let's be honest about it, Andy. Like they don't have a quarterback right now. It, the defense is carrying them. Um, you know, uh, Amari Cooper kind of carries them offensively. Uh, you know, the running game is going to have to continue to carry them a little bit here. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just don't have the dynamic player at the most important position. And that's why I just kind of have my reservations about whether or not they can go deep into the playoffs. Certainly hope they do. I think that they're going to make the playoffs. Although when you look at their schedule down the stretch, it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, I'll give you the, I'll, I'll give you the rundown. Cause I, I posted this uh, on X. Um, if anything, just for my own uh, <clears throat> uh, knowledge, but uh, the Denver's five and five, they go to the Rams who are four and six home for seven and three Jacksonville, who's currently the number three seed in the AFC behind number one, Baltimore and number two, Kansas city home against the three and eight bears. Then they travel to six and four Houston where, uh, uh, you know, CJ Stroud is just having an incredible rookie season for the Texans uh, home for the four and six jets before they wrap up the regular season week 18 in Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals of course lost Joe Burrow for the year and they're five and five. And I'll be honest with you. I think the Bengals are dead where they stand uh, and done, but um, the perk of the Browns beating uh, the Steelers is they could go out West and lose the next two games. They're still seven and five and, in, and still in the catbird seat as far as making the postseason here. Right. I mean, right, they, exactly. they, that, that was such a big win for them to give themselves a cushion and some room to work with here. And again, that's why you don't hear me talking about Joe Flacco coming in here and saving the day and, just got to buy some time for him to get up to speed and all that. They've, they now have the luxury of giving Dorian Thompson Robinson an honest opportunity here to play um, and see what he can do uh, offensively. Um, but yeah, they're, they're in pretty good shape here. And, and here's the thing. Uh, there's a chance that if they win in Denver, Andy, the Browns could be the number one seed in the AFC. That's amazing. I mean, it's just, it blows me away because someone brought that to my attention today. And to be able to do this with a backup quarterback, it's <laughs> it's going to be a challenge. It's yeah. truly going to be a challenge to be so, able to do this. But, but again, I go back to that question about the defense. Like, I think the defense can take this team that far. Yeah, I so I, I think it's if the Browns beat the Broncos and the Chargers are able to beat the Ravens. That puts the Browns in first place in the AFC North. And then if both of those things happen and the Chiefs lose and Jacksonville loses, I think that puts the Browns in, in number one overall in the AFC. How crazy is that? They are a half game out of the number one seed. And I got to be honest with you, if Deshaun Watson was still healthy, 
uh, we'd be having a whole different conversation right now about whether or not they are legitimate Super Bowl contenders and are they, uh, you know, the best team in the NFL right now. (laughs) They were going into last night's Monday night game, uh, 7% chance of winning the Super Bowl. It's amazing if you go look at uh, the percentages of the Browns' odds. I mean, they're gigantic to make the playoffs. They're like 50% to win in the first round. They're 25% to win in the next round. 13% 13% to make the Super Bowl and seven to win the Super Bowl. But I don't, again, am I allowed to look ahead? I can't remember. Am I? Uh, just trying to go one and zero this week, Andy. There you go, Kevin. Nice job. Appreciate you. Are we done ripping Kevin Stefanski or is that just, we got to wait for a week, right? Can I, fans I, stop for a week? I hope so. Are you so. allowed to stop for a week? Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't want to hear it the rest of the season. I'm so done with the running Kevin Stefanski out of Cleveland talk. I, I really am, Andy. I mean, here, let me pull up again something else I put. I, I, I feel like I'm just going through my X feed right now. Um, you know, uh, how about this statistic? Of all the bat bleep crazy brown stats you could have, how about this stat, Andy? The Browns have a plus 47 point differential so far this season. It is the largest since 1999, and it is only the third time in the expansion era the Browns have been on the plus side of the point differential. They were plus 24 in 2002 when they went 9-7. and seven. They were plus 20 in 2007 when they went 10-6. and six. How about this? It could, and I, I triple and quadruple checked this stat because I didn't believe it as I when I discovered it. Drop the um, mic, baby. Drop it. They were outscored by 11 in 2020. They went 11 and five that year with a minus 11 point <laughs> differential. Uh, so yes, and 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 Kevin Stefanski has won games this year with three different quarterbacks. Okay, um, Stefanski uh, as uh, Browns head coach. Ha- I mean, he's he's starting to pile it up. Quite frankly, they're 12 and 11 now. Uh, in the uh, uh, in the AFC North, um, he is plus six games over five hundred overall. I think he's like uh, thirty three and twenty seven, something like that. They're twenty one in ten at home under Kevin Stefanski, um, and I, I just is he perfect? No, there, but compared to the sheer incompetence that we have had to watch since 1999 from Brown's head coaches. I just, I'm sorry. I, I I am willing to ride with this guy. I think he should get a two-year contract extension at the end of the season though. You don't do it now, right? Right. You give him a two-year because he's got one year left on his existing deal. Okay. So what you do is you give him a two-year contract extension, which keeps him under contract the next three years. If the next two years go well, then you give them another two-year contract extension. This way you become fiscally responsible as an organization. Because remember what Randy Lerner did with Romeo Cornell and Phil Savage after they went 10 and 6. Those guys got four- and five-year contract extensions. And then in the final year of their original deals, he, he fired them after the 2008 season. And mm-hmm. so he ended up having to pay out in full – the contract right. extensions for both Phil Savage and Romeo Cornell. So if you're the Haslam's right now, I That's feel true. like do we have way... any 
We don't have any. Uh, no, next, he's they have payroll, paid. They, they they've paid everybody off. They they are clean. So, um, for the first time in a long time, <laughs> there was the, one point, man. They were paying more coaches not to be with the Browns. Uh, I mean, coaches and general managers and former. There's coaches a reason why. And, listen, there's a reason why I always say the Browns have the best severance package in professional sports outside of Texas A and M. Oh man. Um but yeah, give give Kevin a, a two-year extension, all right? Cuz that gives him that that gives him a little security so he doesn't come into 2024 as the quote-unquote lame duck coach in the final year of his contract and right. you're not holding that over his head. And look, let's let, let's just say for the sake of discussion next year's a disaster, right? Next year's back to the Browns being the Browns. Well, then guess what? You're only paying out a two-year extension versus paying out another you know, four or five years. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's so, what you're saying, yeah. And by giving them a two-year, you're saying, hey, you know, we, we want you to stay. Uh, that means we, we have had you under contract for eight years, which is not something the Browns are used to doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's earned it. I, I really do. And, again, I'm not saying he's infallible, Okay. Yes, there are play calls that he has that I just vehemently disagree with at times. Still, that third and three at Seattle is still seared into the, the front of my memory. But um, I, I think he has done a remarkable job considering the challenges that he has faced. He's had one year of his four where he's had a, a, an available quarterback from start to finish, Okay. And it was Baker Mayfield's best season as a professional. Um, and then uh, you, you look at injuries. You look at how he presents himself. I, I, you know, I know I joke about him being boring and bland in his press conferences. I, I know, you know, obviously you guys probably do and, and everyone else does. But he presents himself in, as the de facto spokesperson for the organization in a very professional manner. Uh, we've not had controversies. We've not had uh, a three-ring circus around this team since he's been here. Um, he he is uh, very even-keeled. Um, he doesn't uh, allow himself uh, to get emotional about things, or if he does, he keeps it behind closed doors and nobody sees it. So, yes, I feel like he is what the Browns have been looking for uh, for a very – very long time. The guy I'm concerned about losing, though, I'll tell you in the next segment. Boom. Great job, Daryl. All right, we'll come back about that. And I also want to talk about uh, some stadium news. Hmm, very interesting. It's it's always game day in Cleveland. Why, why, why are you looking at me like that? It's always game day in Cleveland. Uh, back right after this. Mobile sports betting is legal here in the state of Ohio. BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. Get all of today's best bets simply by heading to BetQL.com or download the BetQL app. Claim your free three-day trial today. BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan, where you can get all your exclusive sportsbook offers. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It is always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. Um, Daryl, you left us hanging. You left us hanging at the end of the last segment. I'm I'm a little concerned that the the Browns might lose somebody. And Bubba Ventron? 
No. <laughs> Eventually. Maybe, but not not Bubba. By the way, I found out today, went to high school with a famous Cleveland personality. Uh, see if you can get it. Steve Harvey. No. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm being facetious. Um, Bubba Natalie Herbert went... from Fox 8. Oh. They went to high school okay. together. She said he oh. was like the dreamy football god there. Little insight for you. You're looking at me like I'm insane. No, they went to the same I, high no, school. And that I haven't. He was a football hero, and there are plenty of those at schools all no, across no our great country. Anyway. All right. So who would that uh who would that coordinator be as if I don't know? I, I, I am confer I am concerned that the Schwartz may no longer be with the Browns at some point here. Well, I, I mean, mean he has coached his butt off this year. He right? really has. I mean, and if he I think he is absolutely deserving of consideration for a head coaching job. Here's what I hope happens, though selfishly, Andy. The Browns I hope pay him head coach's money and have him stay. No. Nope. Yeah, like nope. I hope what happens is he says, you know what? I've been there, done that. As a defensive coordinator, I don't have to deal with all that crap that head coaches have to deal with. It's a remember, lot less bullets, right? A lot less well, bullets, and, although. And remember, he took a leaf of that. You know, he had to step away from the right. game for, you know, for some health issues and that. And uh, Mike Vrabel, the Titans, uh, who he's, you know, he, he has talked about how grateful he is of, of Mike Vrabel for reopening the door for him and uh, giving him an opportunity to get back into the, the game that he loves to coach. Um, but yeah, I selfishly, I hope he just says, you know what, been there, done that. I'm, I'm happy coaching with Kevin here in Cleveland. I love the guys we got here and whatever, like that, that is this because he, the, the transformation of this defense, Andy, mm-hmm. it has been incredible and well, he is I, absolutely but, deserving of head coach consideration in the next coaching hiring cycle. They have also invested in the defense too, right? I mean, I, I yeah, when's but, the last but, time we had, they've been investing. When's the last time we had been, depth like this on the defense? We it's it's just hasn't been. But they, but my argument against that, Andy, is they've been investing in the defense for the last four years. I don't know, man. It feels like the investment. This yeah, year yeah, is very real. JJ three wasn't cheap to sign him from the Rams in free agency. True. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, ten plus million a year to 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 bring him here for you know for a couple years. So like, it, it's not like the defense is an area that has just been left to waste, and and then all of a sudden Andrew Barry just woke up one day, had an epiphany, said, "Oh crap, maybe I ought to add some defensive players to that side of the ball." Um, he has been regularly investing in that defense, but I just feel like that uh, they did such a good job. To your point, they invested in the guys that fit Jim Schwartz's personality and the skill sets that he requires. Okay. So let's give Andrew Barry some credit for that. But yeah, I think Jim Schwartz is is absolutely unfortunately for the Browns. Uh he has he has put himself in consideration in this next hiring cycle that you know he you know they, they could lose him because. He, he's done his job too good here in Cleveland. Uh, so, excuse me. I, I just think part of it, though, um, when you look at it, like when I first realized that the defense was going to be something, is when they signed Zedaria Smith. I mean, yeah. double O, how many teams could he be starting for in the NFL? And to have uh, well, that so much quality. And, and and one other thing. The, the other thing was the – 
commitment to bring in guys like Juan Thornhill and, and double O guys that understood what it's like to win and get to the next level. And like, understand this is what it takes to get to the playoffs and this is how we're going to win. And like, I love that attitude from guys that got it, understood it and have won in the past. I, I think a lot of times the Browns have gone out and got guys that won, but they were just collecting a free paycheck because they were at the end of their career. Right. They brought in guys that were still legit to play and whether they were playing a backup role or playing a starting role, they're here, you know? Well, Obanai Okoronkwo was signed to be the starter opposite of Miles Garrett. That, right. That was the original. That was the original plan, and then the Zedaria Smith trade came and you know came to fruition, and then that that was a hey, <laughs> jump on that opportunity uh, because it presented itself. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, the investments on that side of the ball have paid off. The player development on that side of the ball uh, certainly has paid off as well. And, uh, you know, that's why uh, the Browns are in, in the top 10 in just about every meaningful defensive category this season. And it's, it's, it's just night and day. And this defense has really, and not just the defense, the, the, the personality of the team has kind of taken on Schwartz's personality. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. absolutely. And, and for all the jokes that we made and, and I obviously will self-report and put myself, you know, out there uh, about the Greenbrier thing and the camaraderie and that. You know what? It's legit. That was a that was a good couple million dollars spent by the Haslam's to allow Kevin Stefanski to do that. It has paid off because this team is tight. I, I can tell you, like being in that locker room every day, Andy, and and seeing how these guys interact with each other. They legitimately enjoy each other's company, um, you know, uh, and that it's just it's it's an environment in that locker room that I have not seen in a very, very long time. You know, a lot of years it's just, hey, you know, we're all here to do our job and it's it's a workplace atmosphere. And yeah, sure. Guys have fun and things like that. But like you really feel like um, these players really do enjoy being around each other they believe in each other and that is i think that that's a big component as to why they have been able to overcome all of this adversity because let's be honest about it andy you know if if i would have told you at the beginning of the season the browns would have to start three different quarterbacks dorian thompson robinson and pj walker were going to be two of those three starters if they, if I would have told you that Nick Chubb was going to be lost for the season and Deshaun Watson would be lost for the season and Jack Conklin would be out for the season, right? You would probably tell and me. And you'd lose they, Jed Wills for a good portion of it. I mean, you lost both right. your tackles. Yeah. You know, how many games below 500 would you expect the Browns to be at this point, right? Totally agree. So, I think people would have been, yeah, they, there's no way. Instead but of we, being seven and three, mind. they'd be three and seven. You know, right. that, I mean, that, yeah. that's, let, let's be honest about it. So instead of being seven, they'd be three and seven. So, when you talk about things to be thankful for uh, here um, as uh, we approach the Thanksgiving holiday, um, that, that's one of them, that these guys uh, love being around each other, they have each other's back, and that they have been able to overcome this mountain of adversity to be in this position here in late November where they are legitimate contenders, uh, not only 
uh, in their division. They're a half game out of their division, but they're also a half game out of the number one seed in the conference. Yeah, I'll just since you just did your thankful, I'm going to say just quickly because I want to get into one more t- topic before we we're done. Uh, I'm I'm totally thankful for the move to get Dustin Hopkins. I, he has just been. I, I I don't think, you know, we all thought that he couldn't. I I was with you because you know you looked at the numbers and his success at really long field goals plus 45 was not good before he got here. But man, he has proven to be everything and a little bit more. And I hope it continues for the rest of the season. So I'm thankful for him. Daryl, take us home with a little bit of a survey that was done about stadiums, my friend. Oh, so there was a uh, survey done uh, about the um, uh, stadiums around the NFL. This uh, sports book called Jeff Bet uh, analyzed stadium reviews on Google, Yelp, TripAdvisor, Uh, And they determined the most popular and the least popular stadiums in the National Football League. And to the surprise of nobody, the Cleveland Browns and their home stadium, Cleveland Browns Stadium, ranks in the bottom third of popularity in the National Football League. Can you believe that? Shocker. (laughs) So give me a uh, number. Yeah, they are ninth worst. So the worst stadium in the NFL is FedEx Field according to the, these rankings, Levi Stadium, which is actually brand pretty much new, right? And they're going to host another right. Super Bowl. That's ranked the second worst stadium. SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, that's ranked the third worst. Paycor really? Stadium in Cincinnati, fourth. Yeah. Uh, you know what it is, SoFi? See, I'm not a big mega new sta- – like, I don't like Jerry World. I've never been I there. Can't but I can't – I've been to Jerry World, and I'm not a fan. I got to tell you, you if you're anything. sitting in the upper deck – you're yeah. a mile away from the field, and the seats right. are super sloped. Like I, I'm telling you, I wouldn't bring a little kid up there. There's no way yeah. those seats yeah, are I don't really like, steep. I really don't like the new super stadiums where, like the the upper deck at Progressive Field to me is too high. Um, you know, because they got the three levels of suites for most of the ballpark, right? And right. they're Which, like some NFL of that's going stadiums, away though, isn't it? Yeah, no. no. Uh, well, I mean, they're taking some of the upper deck away. You're right. But, right. Um, you know, they're not lowering the upper deck, unfortunately. Um, right, but yeah, these, a lot of these new super stadiums, like the upper decks are so high because of the so many levels of suites and club seating and all that, that they're putting. Yeah. In. Texas, um, the original Texas, the, the, the Texas stadium, ballpark, the one they just moved out of like both of that was one of those two, that there were just too many. It was bizarre. It was like, there was an office building in the outfield of there but yeah, yeah um but yeah so uh soldier field fifth worst raymond james stadium soldier sixth. field sucks man i can't that's they that, yeah it, it, they seriously tried to put the uh, a like spaceship a bubble in the middle it. of yeah a, i just yeah. it's it, it's really hard to get around into okay what were you saying what was it met life stadium seventh worst nissan stadium home of the titans is eighth and then the stadium that's better than the browns the Bills Stadium, Highmark Stadium, is listed as tenth worst. What do you think the best stadium in the NFL in these rankings ended up being? I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Well, I'll tell you the best stadium I've ever been to because it, it okay. has embraced its history and remodeled to perfection. I think Lambeau for me, I, and I'm just trying to think of other stadiums that I've been to. Yeah. I've been to, to way more college stadiums than I have NFL stadiums. My but... favorite stadium is the number two. Your uh, Lambo was number one. My favorite stadium is Lucas Oil Stadium, which is really I wish nice. That, too, yeah. Um, uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta is ranked third. Acrisure Stadium, Mercedes- in Pittsburgh. 
Did you say New Orleans was three? Sorry. No, in Atlanta. Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, AT&T Stadium in Dallas for Arlington. Can't stand it. I like, I I don't think AT&T is very, I know. Uh, Arrowhead is sixth. U.S. Bank Stadium uh, is ranked seventh, the home of the Vikings. M&T, home of the Ravens. By the way, best press box in the National Football League, the Ravens. I have been told, my sources tell me, that press box is going away. They are going to build a press box on uh, on top of the upper deck like they did in Kansas City uh, so that they can – uh, turn that into uh, suites and uh, other amenities for the rich people. Um, Are you uh, so? Let, let's be super honest. If the Browns have to stay, you better believe that press box is going bye bye. Don't you think? No. No. Those are. Prime I was told seats. the press. I know. I was told. Those I was told the press seats. box is staying. Uh, they're not moving the press box. I uh, that. I have a pretty good idea what they want to do uh, to okay. that thing. And, I'm and just saying that if they ever had to stay in that stadium and they they had to do a remodel, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just I'm just talking about from aesthetics that the press box press box seats are very very good seats at our place. Yes, they are. And by the way, there was all kinds of talk at then Jacobs Field, Progressive Field. They were going to move the writers all the way down the lines because that's what's yeah. happening in Major League Baseball now. Yeah, is they're they're moving the press boxes down the right and the left field lines uh, so that they can turn uh, the, uh, those that the normal traditional press box area behind a home plate, they can turn those into suites and stuff like that. But my understanding is at progressive field, the press box also is not moving. It was under consideration. The other thing at progressive field was under consideration. The guardians were thinking about changing dugouts. They were thinking about going over to the first base dugout, but they found a way with the way they're expanding the service level and moving the uh, service provider out. You know, they're building that building out in right field uh, on East 9th Street there. They're enclosing that right. open space uh, that they, they did that for the concessionaire and the service level support and all that. That's all going there, which opens up enough room for them to be able to do everything that they want to do uh, on the service level. So the Guardians dugout will remain on the third base side. Yeah, I would say the big uh, loss, like the dugout on the. Plus, the you don't want the sun shining in your eyes. That's the also the perk of being on the third base side, because in the summertime, that sun, right, it just it hammers that first base dugout. So uh, yeah. they didn't really want to do that. that I would. The consideration for baseball, though, is, you know, the cages are right there for the home. For uh, all of that uh, stuff's getting redone. Uh, the entire uh, service level is being rebuilt. New clubhouses, new player amenities, new cages, new therapy, new trainers, new video and technical support, and all that kind of stuff. That entire service level is getting gutted and being rebuilt. Well, I, I can see it. I understand it. All right. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Browns play the Broncos next. We want to thank our amazing producer, Meredith Kane, for going the extra mile on this podcast. We appreciate you. And uh, that's it. It's always game day in Cleveland. Thanks, Daryl. Happy Thanksgiving.